0: Because we got so much, so much to get to today as we pray for missions and we pray specifically for our missionaries around the world. And so we've been doing a series called Dangerous Prayers, right? And our first week was Make Me Bold. Our second week was Make Me Obedient. And I couldn't come up with a way to say this one, but here's what I'm going to call it. Make Me Sent. Decent? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I love the honesty. Make Me Sent. Here's why. God has a plan For the nations you believe me because here's how i know you believe when you say amen and things like that like i get i get excited about missions i'll say it again god has a plan for the nations amen thank you and did you know that the book of revelation it, it yes it is a book of prophecy but it is also one of the greatest missions books you'll ever read because it even says in revelation 5 worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and by your blood you ransomed people for God. And you ready, ready for the mission part? Say you're ready. I'm ready. Yes. From every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them what? Do you know what? Verses are up there. Do you know what he made them? A kingdom. A kingdom. You have made them a kingdom of what? What do we make again? And priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. And then later, as they're singing, it says, After this, I looked and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation and all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hand. Do you know what we'll be singing in heaven with all the tribes and all the nations? Do you know what it is? Worthy. Worthy worthy that's that's the plan that's the mission book revelation God is building a kingdom and it is expanding at an aggressive rate there are more people coming to faith right now in the world than ever in the history of the world that is incredible there's also more people being killed for their faith right now in the world than ever before in history so when I say a dangerous prayer make me sent that means something Yes, we are sent locally. We're sent in our neighborhoods. But we're also sent globally. And these are, some, these are six countries that we are really locked in on right now. Because God is sending out and we want to help. We want to be a part of that. And I said I'd be quick. I really meant it. In 2 Corinthians, you might be like, well, what is it we're supposed to be doing? Well, same thing we're supposed to be doing here, we're doing there. 2 Corinthians 5. You've got a Bible, flip over, but I'll be so quick. It says, as we look into the things. That's not right. That's 4.18. This is what happens when I don't put them in my notes. I have to wear glasses. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to who? You know, himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. You know what that means, guys, is that as I am reconciled to Christ, I am helping others to be reconciled to Christ. As I am at peace with the Lord, I am to go and help others to be at peace with the Lord. And so Keystone is very invested in that. And we say we want to do that. We want to bring peace. We want to bring peace to my neighbors, my immediate neighbors, people that live next door to me and that are around me. But we also want to help bring peace to the nations because in Revelation we see that every tribe, every nation, every language will be worshiping God in heaven. There will be somebody from all of them. I'm so happy. I'm glad. I have a lot of joy in my heart when I look out on our congregation, the folks that come, and I know online too, and I'm like, man, you know, there's more than just English spoken in our church. There's more than just people that look like me from eastern Kentucky in our church. That's nice, isn't it? Some of you are like, amen to that. That's good. I don't know how many languages are spoken in our church. Someday I'm going to try to figure out a non-tacky way to figure that out. But I bet it's a lot. So God is sending the nations here so that we can send out and bring peace to the nations. Not me. Not Keystone. Not Mark. I don't care if anybody ever knows my name. Honestly, it's better if they don't. <laughs> but so that we can be the ones that help bring reconciliation to those. And how do we do it? We got three words. that We, we, we attack missions like this. We're going to pray. We've been doing that every week this year. We've done it for however many years Keystone's been here. We've been doing it. 21 years, I think. This Maybe today. Goodness, maybe last week. Pray. We're going to pray for the nations. We're going to give. Pray, give. We're going to give to the nations. We invest a lot of money into those six countries. The last thing, what do you you think it is? We're going to go. We're going to go. We're going to pray. We're going to give. We're going to go. Some of you will go. Some of you have been. You're going to hear from people today that they've been all over the world. We're going to pray for countries today that maybe you've never been to or never even seen. Maybe only on the news at night. We're going to pray for them. because all over the world today. People are opening the word of God and they're coming to faith being reconciled to him so here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna introduce our missions pastor if he's in the room there he is rob Sheeley. we got a quick video and then we're gonna hear from rob so come on up rob as they're playing that video now let's
1: start with the basics Ooh, the great video. commission When the resurrected Christ stood on the side of a mountain in Galilee and said, go make disciples of all nations. It wasn't a suggestion, it was a commandment. Jesus even promised that before he comes back, we will accomplish his commission. So we're talking about the most important mission in the world. Now, today on planet earth, there are 7.75 billion people. And of those 7.75 billion people, over 3 billion of those people are unreached, meaning they have zero access to the gospel. Most of them will be born, live, and die without ever hearing about Jesus. That's around 40% of the world's population. We break the whole population down into people groups. These are groups that share language, culture, tribe, etc. Every single people group can be put in one of two categories, reached or unreached. And the Great Commission involves taking the number of unreached people groups to zero. Now, in order to accomplish any task, it takes determination, a plan, and resources. But this is where you'll find the great imbalance. Today, there are hundreds of millions of Christ followers in the world. These are people who understand and want the Great Commission to be accomplished. That's you, me, every Bible-believing church you've ever heard of. These believers donate hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars to their churches around the world. This money goes to pay for things like electricity, food, Water, staff, missions, even things like handbells. I mean, everything. And of the hundreds of billions of dollars given to the church, roughly $47 billion is already allocated to missions to the nations. But we don't just give money. Around 400,000 people are working as missionaries to the nations. But here's where it all starts to fall apart. Remember our two groups, Reached and Unreached? Of these missions, resources, people, money, already specifically set aside for missions to the nations, only 1% of the money and 3% of the missionaries go to take the gospel to unreached people in the world. That means 99% of our missions' money and 97% of our missionaries are going to people that already have the gospel. This is the great imbalance. And with the world's population growing at the rate it is now, every day we're losing more ground than we gain. This is why the global church needs a new perspective on how and where we spend our resources if we want to truly obey the Great Commission.
2: So the Great Imbalance, that is why we do what we do. We partner and say, hey, we want to try to like make that a little more balanced. So here at Keystone, we are committed to reached. What what I say? Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, that, that's what we call payback. Okay. Uh, yeah. Next slide, please. Uh, actually, you can put the IMB up there. Hey, we partner with about 40 some other thousand churches in America, and we put a little bit of money into this pot. And, and there's a great group called the IMB, the International Mission Board. And what they do is say, hey, how can we best reach those 4.2 billion people or 3.2 billion people, 42% of the the world. How can we best reach them? So a portion of the money that you give each week goes towards that group and they send out missionaries and we support them. We also have our own missionaries that we also support, which you're going to be meeting in a little bit. But if you put the map up, so that woman, she talked about this problem. Every person in red there, every spot in red, they have less than 2% of followers of Jesus there. So that is our goal. There's a lot of, Places, missions, a lot of great things going around the world. But we as Keystone, we say, hey, we want to focus. We can't do the whole red area or all the other areas. Hey, is there needs in America? Is there needs in the other places? Absolutely. But we want to go to the most needy areas, the ones where there is no chance or very little chance for someone to hear about Jesus, to go someplace where there is no church. And uh, so we partner in three different places. Uh, generally, you could put that slide up. So here's our focus. Guyana, that's like our first base, you know, uh, an area where, hey, they speak English, we can go, you can bring your families, and there is a a village in there we're going to be praying for later that there is no church in that village, and we want to pray for that village. We go to India. You're going to hear a lot about India today. Middle East, we have three different areas that we're focusing on the Middle East, primarily dealing with refugees, where we say, hey, these people, we, these are a special people open to the gospel, and we're going to be partnering with them. So the first area we're going to look at is the Middle East. So if you could put the next slide up. We, there is a little church over there in uh, the Middle East called Rawa Rawa Baptist, and they are a small church with a big heart. They love people, love refugees. They have a clinic. You can just scroll through a couple of those slides. And we've been over there probably about five times. We're going to be going there in November. Hey, I just bought the plane tickets, and there's still room on the plane. If you want to go to in November 4th to 13th, we'd love to have you, so see me. Um, we would go there. These are some of the pastors there. And what they do is they just open their arms to these refugees. They provide food, medical care, dentistry, uh, They just meet any way possible. So we've been there. We got a chance to see them reach people. And a lot of these refugees, they come there, and then they go someplace else, and they take the gospel back. There's churches as a result of this church here in Iraq, in uh, Turkey, that they're working on. This is another area in the Middle East. This is uh, uh, Malik. He is in Greece. He's working with refugees. This particular guy right there, I met him. He came to a welcome center that Malik works at. Came to the Welcome Center, and uh, hey, he was just struggling, you know, down. I mean, just imagine your mental state when you have nothing and you're going. They give them shelter. They have a little area where they can shower, food. He started going, joining a Bible study, and he soon, well, after not that soon, but after like a year or so, gave his life to Christ and now is a follower of Jesus. So, so that is in Greece. We were over there in February, and uh, just amazing work there to these needy uh, refugees. So, what I'm going to do, we're going to be breaking throughout our morning and praying. So, I'm going to pray for Rawa Baptist and Malek Boutros family. So, if you join me in prayer. God, thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to partner with great people. Lord, you have given us this gift, and we pray right now. We pray for this little church. Little church, Rawa Baptist, God, we pray that, that you would use them in a mighty way, that you would raise up more partners, that you would raise up more labors. God, I pray that they would reach out into the Muslim villages, God, to have little Bible studies, that God, you would raise up, Lord, uh, persons of peace who would be leaders in their communities, leaders in their families. And Lord, we pray for Malik. We pray for him and his, and Yasmin and his family, God, who are in Greece working with the refugees. Lord, we pray in each of those uh, refugee camps, those five refugee camps close to where he is. God, we pray for a church in each one of those camps. Lord, a church that would look much different than this, but a little group of believers who are following you, learning about you, sharing in fellowship. We pray that you give them strength. We pray that you would use them. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. I like that slide. Prayer is powerful. You guys, by praying and, and praying for these nations, you can make an impact thousands of miles away right now. I'm going to invite Pastor John. He's going to share about a very special partner that we have in the Middle East.
3: Yeah, good morning. Uh, you know, missions is an is a attitude of the heart. If God so loved the world and God lives in us, then we should love the world. We may not be able to go to the world, but as Mark just said and, and Rob reiterated, is that, you know, we can pray for every nation, and we've been trying to do that. Uh, I have a big map of the world in my bedroom, in our bedroom, and, and uh, I know some of you don't want to put a map in your bedroom, but it's a great reminder, And uh, but this one person, or a couple people, I pray for every morning and every evening before I go to bed, it's real easy, because uh, Nick, the guy we're gonna show in just a second, is our son, and Bethany, our daughter-in-law, and then our couple granddaughters, but uh, we're gonna show a video in just a moment, and uh, for those who are watching online, uh, you're gonna hear the audio, you won't see the video, so don't think your, your computer screen, your TV, whatever you're watching on your device is messed up. It's not, we're just doing this to protect those who are in the video. Make sure too, don't, don't record any of this and send it out on YouTube or anything like that. It's just protect. As Rob said, it's, uh, or no, as Mark said, uh, the gospel is exploding, but persecution is growing also. And so I wanna introduce, this is Nick and, and uh, Bethany and the girls. They live uh, on the Lebanese-Syrian border. They're probably just maybe two miles from Syria. Uh, I've been there a couple times. And uh, what they're doing is a lot of work in in Lebanon. That's their base. But they are traveling and equipping people literally all over the Middle East. I won't name the nations, but uh, you can figure out what nations are in the Middle East. and, And so I want to pray for them, and I want you to join me. Also, Father God, I thank you for Nick and Bethany. And Lord, as young kids, Lord, they felt the call to, to be a missionary. And Lord, I, I know they were missionaries in their in their elementary school, their middle school, and their high school, and even college, Lord. And God, because of that, Lord, you sent them. They they felt sent, they felt called to be commissioned to go. And and Lord, as they celebrated ten years. This past couple of weeks, they, they've celebrated, Lord. I want to thank you that you have used them mightily. God, we will continue to pray for them. Lord, I pray not just myself, but I thank you for all those in Keystone that continue to lift them up, God. I pray for the northern ministry there in Lebanon. I, I pray that you would continue to bless it. God, we pray for just the, the confusion, the chaos there in Lebanon. And Lord, we pray you'd use it in a, in a mighty way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Watch this video.
4: Hey, Keystone. So good to see you. Well, that's not going to work. I'm not seeing him. So let me sign that over. <laughs> hey, Keystone. I hope you are doing well. It's Nick and Bethany here in the Middle East. Man, we are so thankful for your prayers and your encouragement and your support throughout the years. You know, we just hit our 10 year anniversary in the Middle East. I'm just excited to be uh, here uh, working towards the end you can come. So you know, oftentimes people don't actually understand or know what we do, so I just love to give you a little brief, uh, picture of that. But, you know, one of our focuses in our, our heart, our vision, is to see a multiplication of churches being, uh, planted around this region. So the way we do that is first, we just get out there, we share the gospel a lot, we share with Jesus with everybody we can, uh, and of course the main, uh, focus there is on raising up local. For the work of sharing the gospel. Then once we have some people come into faith before our uh, our efforts into seeing them become strong disciples. Um, and then as time goes on, seeing them help help them to gather into local churches. So we do that through giving our lives to them one-on-one basis. We do that through training. You know, we just had a training about two, three weeks ago of 15 Muslim background believers that came together, so much fun. Uh, men and women teaching them basic tools, how they can get out there, share the gospel, how they can get in the word, learn from the word, uh, and how they can also teach what they're learning to other believers. So uh we've got another training this Friday that we're excited about how to start churches. But um uh, I'll let Bethany to share one full story of what God's doing to a lady. Yeah, one example of this particular to watch recently is there's a woman that actually a couple of our teammates have really been pouring into and have really been uh partnering alongside and going out with her. And she was recently at one of these trainings. And it was really cool to see her vision grow and to see her really take ownership. Um, and even to see areas in her life where she wasn't away and to take immediate action in baptism and these things, and really have this conviction from the word and the Holy Spirit, and to see her even more on fire for her own people here. And so that's our dream, right? It's a partner with locals who are going to go out and reach the people here. Yeah, and, and she's fired up. She shares the gospel with, like, everybody on the pretty taxis, and fans, wherever she gets a chance. Uh, and she's just one person that we're, we're really excited about. We pray for her. Pray that God would use her, that God would um, use the visits that she's doing with some of our teammates, even that we see some of those whole households come to faith, like a Cornelius moment, where them and their whole household would come to faith. Uh, and then ultimately, see some churches started through her. Um, but that's just one, you know, little sneak peek of of one lady. But we're trying to see many of her be multiplied, both men and women. Uh, so please be praying with us. We're excited about what God's doing. See people coming to faith, be baptized, gathering in churches, but praying.
5: In 2010, we spent a month living alongside those affected by the earthquake in Haiti. Over 200,000 people lost their lives, and millions more were affected. After what we experienced, the words of Jesus compelled us to do more. And so, Bold Hope was born.
6: We've learned so much on the journey thus far. We've seen how God uses mission trips to connect people across cultures and backgrounds, impacting the lives of travelers and locals alike as their minds are opened and their hearts are changed. We've learned that sponsoring children is much more than just providing health and education opportunities to kids without. It's about walking with families, building relationships, and empowering them to be a source of transformation in their communities.
5: We've seen that God's church is resilient, and though poverty and suffering persist around the world, there is hope.
6: We can't do it alone, but together, as one body,
5: we can make a difference.
0: our next uh, speaker is Matt Jones, and uh, I'm just curious. He's uh, one of the founders at Bold Hope. Uh, how many people in this room have been on a mission trip with Matt or Andrew Jones? I'm just out of curiosity. Uh, a lot. A lot of you have been to Haiti, and if you've been to Haiti in the last five, seven years, uh, or really, I guess, five, eight years with Keystone, you've gone with Matt or his brother, Andrew. And I remember when I first went to Haiti, and I saw Matt. I was, I was standing up in the shade because it was so hot. And, uh, and I was watching Matt, like, talk to little kids and then go over here and get something done and then run off and come back. And I'm just like, that guy never stops when he's in Haiti. And I'm like, he has such a handle on what is going on here. And I was so happy, so happy when, when Bold Hope was like, we can do what we're doing in Haiti in a lot of different countries around the world. And so we invited Matt here today to tell us a little bit about what he's doing at Bold Hope, but also what he's doing in Guyana, which is a country that we've partnered with Bold Hope to reach For the gospel, so come on up, Matt. Hey, clap for
5: you. Thank you, Mr. Mark. Appreciate it. Um, So, so yes, a few of you have traveled with us. We are so thankful for Keystone. One reason we're so thankful for Keystone is Keystone has church planting in your DNA. It's who you are, planting churches here in this region and also across the world. And we've been blown away at how generous Keystone has been with their time, their energy. With their, their compassion, their advice, you know, Mark, Mark is on our board at Bold Hope. Uh, Rob Sheely and I re- meet on a regular basis, and he speaks into what's happening at Bold Hope. We are so thankful. One reason I'm thankful, I want to do a quick review, and I am going to talk about Guyana. But I want to talk a little about what God's done in Haiti because of you all. About seven, eight years ago at Christmas time, Keystone did a fundraiser for a church plant in Haiti. They did a fundraiser to help build a church. The church was meeting under a tent, and Keystone said, hey, we want to help you meet in a building. And because of that, the building was built. Keystone raised around $10,000 at their Christmas Eve offering, and some other money came in. We were able to build a church building, and that church has been faithfully serving years and years since that time. For seven years, that church has been open, and I have a few pictures show. You can see the the building. This is, a, a, a again, some of you might have been on this trip. This is the church building. This is the roof getting set up. And if you've been part of one of our trips, it's a lot of fun. It's hot. It's crazy. But we built that church, and we're on the roof. We're getting it done. And God has used that church to reach so many. You can see it pictured there, circled in red. In fact, over the last seven years, 165 people have come to know the Lord for the first time. Yes. Over 100 have been baptized. Now, on Sunday morning, right now, they're meeting. 150 to 180 people will be there meeting at that church building. And that church has become three because they're not satisfied, just like Keystone, they're not satisfied just having one place where God's name's going out. They want the whole region to know the Lord. And so up in the mountains, and some of you may have visited those mountains with us, this very rural, isolated place where people didn't know Christ, where places where voodoo is strong, fear is strong, this church has planted a church. And this week, around 65 will gather. And they will also be discipled and learn. And that village will be evangelized because of your generosity and your prayers. So I want to thank you for what you've already done with Bold Hope. But I want to also invite you to be part of what God is doing in Guyana. Bold Hope and Keystone Church have both partnered with a pastor, Pastor John in Guyana. And A couple months ago, your pastor, Rob Sheely, led a team of people from Keystone here down to Guyana. And they went, and Guyana, if you don't know what Guyana is, it's a country in South America. Many of us haven't even heard of it. It's a small country in the Amazon jungle. Very rural, very spread out, but also very unreached. For a place in the Western Hemisphere, one of the most unreached places. A place where many are Hindus, many are Muslims, and not that many know our Lord and Savior, especially in certain villages. And we've identified a village, village 77, where there's no church, no evangelical church. And they'll allow us as Americans to come in. and They speak English. They'll allow us to come in and preach the gospel. They'll allow us in their schools. They'll allow us in their neighborhoods. As Americans, they invite us in to what they are doing, what they are living. And they allow us to speak Jesus to them. And so we're going to be inviting you all to join us next summer as we travel to Guyana to preach the gospel to a place where 40% of people don't know Jesus. And this behind us, this is Village 77. This is the village we've identified. So I'm going to pray specifically for Village 77, and I'm going to pray specifically for Pastor John and his family as they seek to evangelize this village, and for Keystone Church as we seek to come alongside what's going on there. Lord, Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for how you have been faithful in a place like Haiti, a difficult place with many challenges. How your word is going out strong there, how people are coming to know you. And Lord, as we we start over in a new beginning in Guyana, and we invite people to be part of that, Lord, I pray that you put it on their hearts to step in, to step in financially, to step in with prayers, to step in with their time and energy and their expertise. And Lord, I specifically pray for Pastor John and his family as they seek to serve you in a place where where there's many Muslims, where there's many Hindus, where animalistic beliefs are strong, that they can step into those difficult conversations and they can preach your gospel, Lord. Give them strength as they seek to serve you with who they are. And Lord, if anyone here, if anyone here has a little 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 bit of hey, I want to get involved. I pray that you give them the courage to talk to someone here in leadership, to talk to Pastor Rob about joining him in India or in Guyana or in the Middle East. In Jesus' name. Amen.
3: In Matthew, uh, Jesus talks about going out to the nations. I think we're called to go. So if you're able to, go. You know, to go
7: on a trip with Bold Hope, you get to see something that you have never seen before. But if you want to see how the people really live and you want to see what their life is like and you want to see how you can have an impact on their life, then you need to go with Bold Hope because that's how you're going to get it and that's how you're going to understand how the Lord has blessed you and how you can use that blessing to help other people.
0: So I was uh, before we get into India. Just I was thinking of a great story that Matt alluded to—that that church on the mountaintop. I was with Matt. The it was the first time I'd ever been up there. I don't know how many times you've been up there. Probably a lot. And uh, it's it's really far up there. I'll just say that. And it is not easy to get to. And I don't know if you remember this, Matt. I didn't really plan on talking about this either. So I'm going to try to remember all the details. as we got up there, maybe five, six of us, and. We find this little, um, I don't know, six posts with a tarp on the side of the mountain, and I'm like, what is this building? And the people started coming out of everywhere, and because uh, we stick out, and uh, and not a lot of people go up there. And we're sitting there, and Matt, maybe you remember this, this guy comes out, and we're like, what is this? This looks like a church. And they said, this isn't a church. And we were up there to try to find A place to plant a church we had a a pastor that wanted to go and uh, I said "Well, what is it you know and he said we've been praying for years and so we built a, a little building but we don't have anyone to preach and we've been praying for years and years and years that God would send someone and today you guys drove up the mountain you remember that that's incredible so when I say God is sending He's sending. Not just where you think you should go. He wasn't even sending me there. Honestly, I do not think we were just giving somebody a ride. He used us to get someone where he wanted them. He's planting churches just like this all over the world. And by just like this, I don't mean red seats, buildings with lights. Some of them are like that. He's sending his people. He has a plan for the nations. and We're it. Spirit, every tribe, every tongue, every nation will sing, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. The kingdom is alive and well. And is it advancing? It is advancing. And we get to be a part of that. Some of you have, have, uh, have been around the world. One of the nations that we are heavily, heavily invested in, not just in personnel and, and finance, but time and prayer is the nation of India. Specifically, many of you have met uh, Victor. Have you all met Victor? You remember it when you meet Victor. And we've been, we've been to India uh, many times. Pastor John's been to India many times. We've been all over India, right? I got to go back in May with uh, Pastor Rob I got to go with Nicholas uh, Hagelin, who I don't think is here, but I see his I got to go with Nick Pitcavage right here, who, by the way, is who put that... Anyway, let's just talk about that later. And so this time we went, we were like, how do we tell the story of what is going on in India? And normally when I go on mission trips, I, take, I try to take pictures with my phone, and, and they're like of me doing goofy things, eating things. You, you know how those are, right? All of you take those kind of pictures too. Honey, look at this. I ate that pepper. And... Uh, <laughs> so this time we took Nick Pick cabbage, and I was like Nick here's what I want. I want I want a movie. I want like I want people to see all the all the stereotypes you have of going to a place like India. I've told you this before. Oh, it's hot. Oh, the food is spicy. Oh, there's just people everywhere. All true. All true. But what you realize after about 10 minutes of being there is that chaos, there's something to that. I actually going to love it.
8: That the
0: Indians are some of them most incredible people I've ever met in my life. We have a lot of Indians go to this church. You know. And so what Nick did is he put together a movie for us to watch and see how the gospel of God, how the kingdom of King Jesus is expanding and how we get to be a part of that in India. So as you watch this, pray. Give thanks that we get to be a part of that.
5: Here we go.
8: My name is Victor Rampogul. I am in India now as a missionary from Keystone Fellowship. Actually, I went to U.S. uh, to get a good life for me and my family. Of course, we went there and, you know, we enjoyed whatever we could. Nice cars, nice house, everything, luxury life. But, you know, the Lord has put a burden on our hearts to go back to India and serve among our people because India needs uh, gospel. My burden is to share the gospel to them and win for Christ. I'm basically a Keystone pastor. I have a lot of theological background and all, but I learned so many things from Keystone, you know, storytelling method and also how we are friendly with the community. We first go to the village survey and see if there is any Christian. If there is any Christian, we start a Keystone home group there. They invite neighbors and, you know, start meeting together and, you know, sharing the gospel to them. Within three months, we raised five people. We led five people to Christ. Then five got new people got baptisms. So we are happy about that too. Pastor Mark and uh, Rob were there, and Pastor Mark baptized them.
9: Amen. 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 And
8: they are the first members of Keystone Community Center.
10: From my childhood, my family members, my mom and my dad and my sister all were uh, into God. I'm the only person, uh, I don't believe God that much. After my B.Tech, uh, I'm having a lot of uh, financial uh, problems. So in that case, my dad is not working, my mom and sister, no one is working. So that is a big uh, struggle I'm facing in the home. In that case also, I didn't pray. I didn't pray to I didn't pray to God and I didn't ask anything to give me job. Uh, my father will tell me go do prayer and go to the j- interview, but I don't pray. I'll simply I'll go to attend the interview. But uh, I'm thinking that that is a God's grace me because my mom, my dad, and sister will pray daily. So that is the main blessing. Yes, because of family prayers only. Yes, I got that job. Now I'm thinking I have to pray because if I'm in the God, more I can be, I can change my life because these many days I wasted my life. Now I'm 27 years old. So these many days I wasted my life. I changed my mind to uh, start a new life in uh, God.
8: It, It is a miracle actually, you know. It's the work of the Holy Spirit I believe because Just we started three months back. Now we have a main campus here. But within three months, now we have three full-time pastors, two full-time employees, and three new Keystone Fellowships in different places. The first fellowship even before we started this main campus was in Hyderabad. It's called Keystone India Munagurur Fellowship. KEMF we call it. And uh, Chennai is there. 95 to 98 percent of the villagers are Hindus, and uh, we have some converts there. Chennai is doing good work, but he's an old guy, so we have appointed uh, uh, Pastor Mahinder there, young man, energetic, and enthusiastic, and he has zeal for the gospel. And the second thing we did was starting a church in um, Airport Colony that started by Raghu. So Raghu is working there and he has so many people coming to his says about 60 people. So they have joined Eastern Fellowship and they are looking for a church there. And the third one is Bahadur Buddha, where you have a lot of opposition from Hindus and uh, Hemant is there. Several times he was, like, threatened. They threatened to kill him if he comes to that village, but him and his wife are going every week and, you know, spreading the gospel and worshipping there. But he's not worried. His wife is not worried. You know, they're going there. They're working there hard. They're ready to be killed for Christ. So that's the thing, and we are working like that. (laughs)
9: My name is Hemant, and I am in the community center Actually, this place is a lot of pain. It is a lot of pain. There are a lot of pain in this pain. There a of ఆ ఆ పార్సన్ ఈ ప్రాంతంలో చంపారు కత్తితో పరిచయం పరి to నేను బాదుర ఇక్కడే రోడ్ మీద మెయిన్ రోడ్ మెయిన్ రోడ్ తన్ని చంపిన తర్వాత నాకు తెలియక ఈ ప్రాంతానికి వచ్చాను ఈ ప్రాంతంలో అంటే ఈ ప్రాంతంలో సువార్త ప్రకటించడానికి వచ్చినప్పుడు ఈ ప్రాంతంలోని దేవుడి ప్రాంతంలో పరిచర్య చేయమన్నాడు అందుకని ఈ ప్రాంతంలో అదే అంటే సువార్త ప్రకటించడానికి ఈ ప్రాంతానికి వచ్చాం as when doing his prayer, and he came to help us, and he gave us a invitation to these prayer Οama should know that many of our families have vulnerable people and they are going to do the same things fresherly, so they and pray for their
8: During Christmas time, you know, I was at airport colony with Raghu and uh, Mahinder. They arranged a Christmas program for me. I was preaching the gospel and, you know, suddenly we, people started throwing stones at us. One of the guys came onto the stage and, you know, tried to hold my hand and throw me out of the stage. I didn't stop preaching. They kept shouting. You know, I said, I was talking about Christ's love. He said, the guy said, if you love us, leave this place. I said no 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 he loves you he wanted you to come with him and follow him you know we are not leaving here until you follow and by the time you know Mahindra and uh, Raghu they called the cops I think they came and you know everything was settled they asked me to file a case but you know I said no 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 we forgive them Christ forgive them so we don't want to go into the courts and they were so happy about that the Christians are the most loving people. They share Christ's love with others. That love of Christ attracting many to this religion. It's not just to the religion, but to the church. In India, Hinduism is the largest religion. They have three million gods. Hindus are always looking for new gods and goddesses. They are always looking for the truth. And you know, when they hear about Christ, it's totally a different thing. So when they find Christ, they immediately accept Him and you know, they want to join a church. That's how the church is growing. But they have a main feature called spirit of accommodation. So they say, Christian, why can't you be Hindus and worship your God? So they wanted us to officially declare ourselves as Hindus, but worship Christ. We say no to them, because Jesus is the only way, not our way. So we differ there and we preach the gospel. Sometimes we face severe persecution, but we don't care. Oh, we definitely made an impact in this village because Now everybody, every Christian and even non-Christian know what Keystone Community Center is. And we invite everybody and we are friendly with everybody and we respect every religion and every person, poor or rich. So people are attracted to us and also we attract youth with the gospel, songs, drama, TV. We have Rufus' music camp going on here, so we have rented the building for them, and they are here for 25 days. And you know, the pastors have seen that, you know, drums, guitar, keyboard, they are learning there. And also we always uh, rent the property to uh, other organizations for their pastors' conferences, Bible trainings, and so many other things. Just close to us, probably 50 yards, in the back of our campus, we have uh, people living in the slums. They work for daily wages. They are poor. Wives don't work mostly, you know, husbands go and work. And we also go there and, you know, preach to them, show Christ love to them. And they're interested in coming to the church, but you know, they need a lot of help and prayer. Last night we had a prayer meeting there. People came and meet our missionaries. We go out to villages. And you know, we do weekend evangelism. We find local church guys there to support us and with them. We go around the village, sing, dance, and present the gospel. A lot of people listen to the gospel, and some might accept Christ. The orphan building is almost complete. First thing, they go out with salvation. Once they are high school graduates, you know, they go with Christ, which is our main goal. Second thing, we train them and give them vocational trainings like stitching, computers, and little training. As soon as they go out, they can earn money with those small jobs. So this is our vision. We have some rooms already ready for them. And uh, the government requires that we have a warden for that. And then we have a cook officially appointed, which is a government requirement. And then we have a watchman. So these three are complete, they are in the campus now. And the second thing needs to be completed is a chapel and a study room. Once those rooms are completed, the orphans can come and stay So that's where we are right now. Just pray for that. Is church going into the community. It's not community coming to the church. Other churches don't do that. So that way we are blessed and we are winning people.
2: Let's pray for Keystone India. God, we thank you so much for what you're doing. God, we pray for uh, those people we saw in the video. God, we pray that your kingdom would expand. God, that you would be made more famous in Shamshabad and those villages surrounding there. God, we pray for Pastor Victor. Give him wisdom. He needs extra wisdom right now, extra strength and grace. And God, we just pray for him, that you would sustain him, use him in a mighty way. We love you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for that video. That's great, Nick. Perfect job, and uh, the payback wasn't as bad as I thought, so there we go. We have another person that we're supporting. Her name is Nancy Martin. She works with Crown of Beauty Ministries. She does trips overseas back and forth, but last couple uh, months she has been in Lebanon, and so we have a short update from her from Lebanon.
11: Hi Keystone family, it is so wonderful to say hello. I miss you all and cannot thank you enough for your prayers, for your encouragement, for your support as I am here in Lebanon. It has been three months of serving with Crown of Beauty International and we have partnered with Horizons International to train their women in the vision of Crown of Beauty to see more women. Walk in the healing and freedom that is ours in Jesus. I have had such a privilege to work with Patil, who serves with Horizons. I wish I could introduce you, but Patil is always out serving, doing something. Um, Patil and I have gotten to travel to different areas in the country to train Horizons women staff in the Crown of Beauty materials to hold Beauty for Ashes conferences and to disciple women through our 12 week study. They have been so grateful to receive these materials as they have seen just such a need to help women identify the lies that they believe about themselves, the um, emotional and protective behaviors that those build where those things come from, and to find healing and freedom through the truth of God's word. So it's awesome to equip the believers here who know best how to use these materials with the women that they are discipling and that they are visiting on home visits. Many of these women are Muslim background believers. And so what a joy to just see them growing in their identity in Christ and and sharing it with others. Uh, One of the things that I'm most excited about is that we've gotten to start a core team for Crown of Beauty here in Beirut. So these five women will continue to bring the vision of Crown of Beauty to Lebanon and serve uh, the church women as well who are being trained in these materials our vision and prayer is that we will see this spread out throughout all of lebanon and into the middle east um so i believe that god is beginning a movement through this core team and it has been amazing to see them teaching the conference to the syrian refugees that they disciple and that they visit and seeing them excited to be a part of the church training that we will be having within the next couple weeks where we will get to train women um, from 18 different churches who attended one of our conferences back in June and equip them in how to give the conference and bring women through the discipleship material. So God is bearing incredible fruit. And again, I just thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your prayers, for your support, for all the encouragement that you have been. Um, quick update, I will be here one more month and then Patil and I will actually travel to Uganda together where for the final month we will be discipling women in the Crown of Beauty materials and if all goes as planned we will actually be reunited with sue our founder and director of crown of beauty so thank you thank you thank you for being part of all of this with us i am looking forward to seeing you all again and sharing the incredible things that god has
2: done amen that's nancy so could it be you we're all called to pray give and some of us can go So we want to encourage you that, that, you know, as you think on the way out, you're going to be getting one of these little bookmarks. You can use it however you wish as a bookmark on your fridge, but just remember to pray for each of uh, our missionaries that we're we're supporting. Uh, The last person we're going to invite up is Cameron and Jess. You want to come on up? So Cameron and Jess were on this stage two years ago, right? Two years ago. I think we have a picture there. I was here. Let's try to reenact that. I think, yeah, there we go. Okay, no, we can't. Exactly, but so we we sent them out two years ago uh, to Africa, and I'm going to let them share a little bit about. All
7: right, thank you. Good morning. How y'all feeling? Uh, It's exciting to hear what God's doing all around the world, right? Here in India, and for us, uh, we had the opportunity to go to Africa, so we're going to share a quick snapshot with you and what we did specifically for two years over in uh, Kijabe, Kenya. Uh, my name is Cameron Check. this is my wife, Jessica, and we still have our three kids that you saw up there for a second. Uh, Corbin, Sky, and Ronan, but we decided to uh, ditch them for a morning to have some peace, because they are awesome, but you know how it is as parents. Okay, so uh, for us, going to Africa was much uh, like Mark has been preaching with bold obedience. Um, we, wanted, we didn't want to miss out on what God had for us, so uh, the journey to Africa as, was a journey within a journey for us. It started about five years ago uh, where God led us through prayer and specific events to uh, leave our current roles as a pastor out in West Virginia and a nurse to um, go follow him on an adventure, and that led, for the next few weeks, we sold our house and then Door after door opened as I got a random call from a college friend. We ended up uh, taking him up on his offer and going down and doing ministry and living in their house for the, for the next year. Going down uh, and serving people down in North Carolina. And then over that time, God was training us and preparing us for what he had. Um, he taught us to be un- uh, comfortable in the uncomfortable. Um, and to, to learn deep grace and how to move forward with God through the unknown and the hard. And then during that time, he also... Uh, invited us to ask him for the impossible, to, to ask big. And so through prayer and time, I, I asked God uh, if Jess and I could be a part of seeing a million people come to know him. And in hindsight, I was like, why didn't I ask for like a billion people? I don't know. I'm learning to grow <laughs> in my own faith. And, uh, but either way, it didn't take long, and he showed us that door. And he led us to uh, serve at a school, uh, school called Rift Valley Academy to train up and lead the next generation of church leaders and ministry partners across the world. And so during that time, uh, when we finally figured out where we were going to go, we ended up uh, selling our cars, uh, packing up, and probably the hardest part about taking a step like this was saying goodbye to family and friends, and then we headed over to Africa.
6: So we got to be dorm parents for 16 freshman girls, which means we were a home away from home for them. And I think there's this picture here. You can see their room. Um, We also taught them how to clean their room, or we attempted to teach them how to clean their room. Um, It's pretty incredible how a teenage girl's room can go from clean to no place to walk, just trying to figure out what they're gonna wear that day. So, um, also here in our living room, are most of our girls pictured there, and this is where we hung out together, we did homework together, edited English papers, listened to speech practices, um, talked about boys, because they're in high school, life and relationships, and, but most of all, the most impactful thing we did with them was just simply love them like Jesus loves them. So we did this by, um, by being available and open when they came to us, flexing our schedules and plans to listen to them. Sometimes cry with them as they navigated through high school life and missing their family. Um, pray with them over whatever was on their heart, giving them the freedom to be honest about hard things and help them wrestle through those hard things. It did seem like those hard things usually came up around 11 at night or 6 in the morning. But um, honestly, God gave us the strength and the excitement and the love to patiently love them and listen to them and just let them know that we see them and we love them and we're there for them. We also got to just have fun with them. So, um, and some of the other students around campus. We made lots of yummy treats together and we ate them together. We watched their dramas and band and choir concerts, and we video recorded a lot of them to send back to their parents. We took them on hikes all over the Kenyan bush, which is beautiful. Um, We ran through dirt roads fast enough to cause mini sandstorms. We scaled rocks, we chased monkeys and baboons off. Um, We found hidden beautiful waterfalls together We walked along railroad tracks overlooking the Great Rift Valley. And most of the time, we just laughed so hard that our stomachs hurt for days. Somehow, even dorm cleanup became fun. And with music blasting in the hallways almost every night around 7 o'clock at night as we cleaned the dorm, we just had a great time together. And God allowed in all of these moments for us to be discipling and mentoring their hearts. Not only did these girls and other students at RVA become family to us, but many of them are now practicing the habit of asking God first every day, throughout the day, what he desires for them. Their families, um, if you go to the next slide, their families work and serve all over the continent of Africa and even up through the Middle East. And on this map, the Black Star is where our school is in Kijabe, Kenya. And then the red dots represent where some of the students' families serve and do ministry. Their passport countries span over 30 countries in the world. And some, some of the examples of their family's ministry include in the country of Tanzania, which is about eight times bigger than Pennsylvania, one of our girls' dad is the only infectious disease doctor for the whole country. Another dad is a leprosy doctor In Mozambique and leprosy is still happening in Africa Um, and another family has an eye care hospital in Kenya on the coast and they have a seminary there and they are sharing Jesus with over 30,000 people every single year in a Muslim area. So just as God asked us to be obedient to go he also asked us to be obedient to come back and that's why we're back. One of our kids had a harder time adjusting to the school there which happens sometimes and so we are here loving and supporting our own kids. We asked God to make it clear what our next step should be. And in a supernatural way, he answered. He gave one of our friends a dream, and he followed that dream up with a verse. In Mark 5:19. this is what God gave to us. Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you.
7: So, uh... To kind of close, uh, we often have this idea of what ministry looks like, uh, missionary looks like, uh, what church looks like. But if you look at us right here, do we look like missionaries? I sure hope not. We're not. All right, listen. We're just people that were living here just like you, and we just kept asking God day after day, what do you want today? Who do you want us to love? What can we do to serve? And through that, he opened up the opportunity to do something really fun that we never thought we'd be able to do. Um, you have a unique skill set and a background that nobody else can duplicate in here. And he's got a plan for you. Whether it's just as simple as reorienting your passions and the things you already do to, to use them to build relationships and lead others into the presence of God. That's it. It can be that simple. And so one way that, the biggest way that we started, and we had the opportunity to really invest in the students overseas, was just taking the time to stand in the gap for people who are hurting or in need. So if you take the time today to start that process or continue that process of asking big, but on the, on the behalf of somebody else, right, in need or somebody that's hurting, God will open up your own heart and open up opportunities for you to join him where he's already at work. So uh, we hope that that encourages you and you got to see a little bit of what God is up to over and around Africa.
0: Thanks, guys. Listen, as they're walking off, let's pray for them right now. Father God, I pray that you'd be so clear. You'd, you'd do whatever you need to do to show them what is next. Maybe it's a Bible verse. Maybe it's a dream from a friend. That seems to be very effective for them. But that you would show them you'd be clear. In Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, I hope that you have been encouraged. I hope that you have seen how God is at work around this world. We said again, there's more people coming to Christ every day than any other period in history and he's using people to do it. You know, all through the Bible, you see they go out and then they come back and they give a report. And so I love, I love getting to show you guys what we are doing, what you are doing around the world. And I don't know, maybe one of you today is sitting here and you're like, I'm hearing about all these people giving their life to Jesus and, and maybe you have not given your life to Jesus. Wouldn't it be something... Wouldn't it be something if you gave it all over on a global missions day? Can we just bow our heads and pray? I I think I would be remiss if I did not give you an opportunity right now to give your life to Jesus Christ. So if that's you, if you're here, and if I was sitting with you right now, if we were having a cup of coffee somewhere or out in the hallway, I would say, have you ever given it all over to Jesus? Have you ever committed your life to Christ? bible says if i confess with my mouth that jesus is lord and believe in my heart that he died for me and rose from the grave and repent of my sins then i'm saved i could be in a right relationship with the father that's doing this incredible work all around the world i could be among those who are standing there in revelation singing holy 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 is the lord god almighty if that's you today you want to give your life to christ I would invite you to pray with me right now. You say, Dear Jesus, I believe. I admit that I I sinned. I admit I made mistakes. But I believe that you, God, sent your Son Jesus to die for me, buried for me,
4: rise again
7: to defeat
0: death for me. Today, I give my life to you.
4: You are my King, you are my Savior.